0: We're doing things a little bit different for a few reasons right now as we have started to get back together, which has been a great thing, um, but we're, we're just going to take it easy over the next couple months. Um, I'm just so happy to see faces. I'm happy to see faces. I didn't realize how much shaving was important to me. Or maybe it's important to you that I shave. But I'm, I'm happy to see faces. And I thank God that Pastor Daniel puts the mask on. I, I, <laughs> if he doesn't shave in the morning, that goes on. <laughs> but I'm glad to see you this morning. I want to thank all of you for your strength, for your love, for your prayers, for your hugs. Amen. Amen. I, I believe God has good things in store for his kids. I believe it. And I've got, I've got an interesting sermon this morning, but before I get to the sermon, I just wanted to give a, a couple announcements. One of them is make a note of this on August 1st, which is a Sunday. We're going to shift things around a little bit and we're going to just fellowship out in the parking lot on that morning and we're going to meet at 11 o'clock. Bring your chairs and a blanket and maybe even some picnic food. We're not going to have a fire going. We're not going to go that far, but have some goodies to have to eat. Um, We are looking at at that, but 11 o'clock, August 1st. What I've recognized as as i've recognized is we haven't seen each other for like months i just loved walking around this morning and greeting everyone and i think part of part of life and part of this house is family, and part of that is just being together and fellowshipping. It's not that we're ignoring God, but actually part of it is relationships. If you read the Bible, the one of another's is a huge thing in the Bible. And I'm not interested just to come here at 10 o'clock and say, okay, let's get back to everything. I, I want to be sensitive to what God is doing, and I believe part of that is he is melding us together. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. That's not an elephant in the room. We've been through a lot. But we're growing together. And part of that is honoring God as we talk together. So August the 1st, make a note of it, 11 o'clock. If you show up early, I might ask you to set something up. <laughs> so maybe I, should, maybe I should say 10 o'clock. Um, and... Um, and if you've noticed, even outside Sunday mornings, we're just taking a real simple approach Sundays with the children. Um, we're just letting, letting you know, I want kids to think God's house is a good house. And it's not that we're ignoring God. We are actually, I think sometimes there's more than happens in fellowship than we recognize. So on Sunday mornings through the summer, as long as the weather permits, we're just, the kids are outside, and we have a few parents watching over them, and there's actually a few, I've had to let it go, because there's some parents out there that that it's like, why aren't they in here? But I'm okay if they're outside. (laughs) Because what I've realized is Sunday morning is not just about what I have to say and I think sometimes we've created a church service that, that is about what I have to say. It's about what God has to do. And so we're, we're, we've kind of thrown out the rule book right now. I mean, everything's done in decency and order. We, yes, we do that, but we're just taking an approach where I, we, we want to be sensitive to each other. And I'd rather spend time with you this summer and see you grow than ignore some of the things that we're going through. So, um, so next, uh, so Sunday, August the first. Also, I want to thank everybody for your giving. Giving is a holy thing, and there's a there's an action that God responds to giving. God is not ignorant of our giving and your giving. And so I want to thank you over the last 15, 16, 17. I've lost count how many months. But I want to thank you for being consistent and giving and honoring God in your tithes, your gifts, and your offerings. I want to thank you for that. And we've done a lot of that now is online. But we also have uh, here in person, if you'd like to give at the end of the service, we have the basket up front. Um, If you could turn in your Bibles to Psalm 16, I want to take a few minutes, and I'd like to read this psalm, and then I want to share some thoughts on it. I've, I've been reading a few psalms lately, I've been going through some, and I'm amazed at the change of emotion in the psalm. I'm amazed at the paradox or the extremes from one side of the spectrum to the other that the psalmist has. And I have found in life that I have experienced extremes. And sometimes I've experienced an extreme on one end and literally the next moment I'm at the other end. And a number of years ago, if you would have asked me, hey, can you have competing emotions, I would have said, no, you're either this or that. But what I have found is there's moments when I've had great sorrow, but there's also at those same moments I've had some great peace, great joy, great comfort. And I've I've been learning how to be okay with those moments. Because I think sometimes we have preached a message that actually has made us not be real. And so I want to be real with you. And when I see the psalmist here, I mean, he wrote this down, and it's like this has been read for thousands of years, these psalms. I'd like to read Psalm 16 to you. It's 11 verses. He says, just listen how... The psalmist is talking. What you could do, if you'd like, you could close your eyes, and I want you just to try to hear the words, put away some of the distraction. And I may emphasize some words that that are hitting me, but I'd like to take a few moments and just listen to the emotion that the psalmist and the heart that the psalmist has. So if you want, close your eyes. Don't snore and don't sleep, but close your eyes. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my por- is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in a pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy in your right hand there are pleasures forever i want to tackle a couple thoughts this morning that that i'm hoping cause you to think a little bit as well i am somebody who believes in thriving I believe God has called me to thrive. But I have also found that there are moments when all I've been able to do is survive. Almost to the point of, David, what's wrong with you? You should be this and this and this. But I have found that there are moments when just getting through the day, is like that's a five-star accomplishment. And I find the psalmist here, he starts by saying, God, preserve me. I am so thankful for the psalmist because I find psalm after psalm after psalm. God help me. God help me. I got people all around me, pulling at me, pushing at me, chasing me. God help me. But I find also the psalmist doesn't stay there. I've preached thriving but what I have found is sometimes surviving is thriving sometimes what would take other people out doesn't take me out but people might say well you're just surviving and I say yeah but if you took a look at the perspective I've actually thrived where other people have died And we've done ourselves a disservice sometimes because we've said, no, in order to thrive, you have to have this, 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 and this. And I'm saying there are moments, I don't stay there, but there are moments when I've made it through the day and I just say, thank you, God, that you helped me today because I couldn't do it without you. So I'd like to shift a little bit of our thinking Because what other people might look at you, and what happens is when other people look at us, sometimes we start comparing ourselves with others. Have you ever noticed that? I think it's a disease called keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, did you see the car they've got? I got to get it. So we go to the bank, we get a loan, we get a car, and then it's like, gee whiz, I can't make the payments, and now I'm miserable. But every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to smile and go. (laughs) And we've compared ourselves. Comparison is a robber of joy. And you don't think that happens? I'm a pastor. Do you know what I face? How many people did you have at church last week, David? That's one of the first questions you get asked. And as Pastor Nelson would say, sometimes he'd just say, well, under (laughs) 5,000. I mean, we compare. So what programs are you doing? If I was to talk with pastors right now about what we're doing, some of them would go, what's your problem? Why aren't you doing this, 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 and this? And I realized, you know what? We have to be who we are. And we're not surviving right now. We are thriving right now. We are thriving because we're here. Because we are planted. Because we lift our voices up and we sacrifice praise. It's easy to praise God when things are good. But I tell you, it's a little harder to praise God when it's been a tough day. And I see the psalmist here, and he starts by saying, God, preserve me. And I love this, and he says, and then I say, the next sentence, you are my Lord, I have no good besides you. Everything I have is because of him, and it's good. I want to challenge your thinking that even if you're having a rough day or a rough week or, God forbid, a rough 14 months, I want to ask you, can you say, you know what, God, help me, preserve me, and by the way, everything I have is good because of you. And the psalmist, I, I, I'm reading this going, what a paradox, One moment I'm saying, God, help me, preserve me. And the next moment I'm saying, you know what? By by the way, God, everything I have that you've given me, it's good. And I found that everything I have is good because everything I have is given from you. Shifting our perspective. Somebody on top of the mountain sees different than somebody on the bottom of the mountain. And somebody in the middle of the mountain sees different than everybody else. I've been contemplating doing a little exercise and maybe one day I'll do it. I want to give everybody... I was, I'm not going to give you dollar bills. I'm going to give you pennies. Because I may not get them back after the service. But what I'd like to do is give everybody a penny. And then I want you to write down what you see. And I am convinced... That somebody will say, I see a penny. And I'm convinced somebody else will see. I see something circular. And somebody else will say, well, I see a head. And somebody else will see whatever the design is. And what happens is we all have different perspectives. We all see things differently. But it is still a penny. I'm not going to do it with a $100 bill. <laughs> because I'm going to have to count them before I pass them out. And then I'm going to be the first one at the door greeting you. But our perspective, and sometimes we place the perspective of somebody else or even what the pastor has preached, and we don't filter it or allow it to happen to apply to us, what we do is just say, I need to do this, I need to measure up to this. And sometimes I found out, you know what, I've just had a real hard day. Now, I don't stay there. The psalmist didn't stay there. His next breath was, God, you are my Lord, I have no good besides you. I love this. Then he continues on and he goes, the sorrows of those who have bartered for another God. I just love the way he says that. Because what I have found in those moments of distress and in those moments of sorrow, you know what happens? I start to try to reason and negotiate and figure out, well, I must be feeling like this because of this. And if I tried this, and what happens is we replace God with something else that we say, well, maybe if I try this, And we replace God, capital G, with a little God, with a small g. And we make that our means of happiness. And what he says is those who have bartered for another God have sorrow. Don't, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of what you're fighting... Don't start to put away what God has given you, but instead anchor and hold on to that because I have seen it where people have abandoned God and they've chased after something else and they've bartered and tried to get their joy back by chasing something else and all it's led to is sadness, sorrow, and pain. I think I'm getting lots of amens on our online service this morning. But I have found, I have found, the moment stress, resistance, pressure happened, we start to go, is God really for me? Maybe if I didn't come to church every Sunday. I know none of you ever think this. Maybe if I just, you know, maybe I'm pressing into God too much. I don't know if you can, but, you know, maybe I'm. Thinking too spiritually. Maybe I need to take a day off. And oh, by the way, the only day off I get is Sunday. So I'm going to have a mental health day. It's like, come to church. Have your mental health day at church. And I'll tell you what, I've got 11 and a half minutes to go. I'll try to keep it on time. Because we even start to barter with God and say, I'll give you an hour of my time. Being with God is not one hour on a Sunday. Being with God is 168 hours a week. And the psalmist here is saying, I, the sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. So in the middle of the crisis, don't start bartering and don't start changing. Stay with God. God. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You might feel it. You might be having a struggle. But what I take great comfort is, is when I read the psalmist, he doesn't stop believing God. He, but he does let God know how he's feeling. God's not afraid of how you feel. You might not like to hear it. But God, he already knows. I, I find this funny. It's like I don't have to say it. He already knows what I'm feeling. Sometimes saying it just is what I hear. He goes, the Lord is my portion and my inheritance, my cup. You support me, my lot. The lines have fallen to me in a pleasant place. Listen to this. I will bless the Lord who counseled me. I, like I said earlier, it is easy to be happy, joyful when things are going good. I think I'm not going to do this as an experiment, but I think if I gave everybody a hundred dollars, you'd be happy right now. Okay, there's one honest person. There's two honest people. Like you're going, just try me, just try me. But if Are we able to be happy and bless the Lord when it's not going the way we expected? Things have not turned out for me and my family and for us the way we expected. But we will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I will not barter, I will not trade. I will not enter into a negotiation with anything. I will stay and say, God, you are my strength. What I have found is this is a temporary life. There's something permanent coming up. And we value everything. And I'm not upset by this because this is part of God's equation. But if we're not careful, we value everything based on here. And we don't value anything based on eternity. And when I look at things, I realize when I look at the heavenly perspective, the value I have changes because when I see something, I'm, I've got eternity now in my sights. And I will change what I do here because of what I know will last forever. Forever. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy life. It doesn't mean God says, "God says, oh, just have a terrible life and wait till you get to heaven. No, his, he, he has done things. He has provided for us to enjoy life now. But I've also found in life that there are days and moments when it's hard. And don't negotiate. Don't barter. Don't change anything in those moments. But press in, hold on, anchor yourself and say, I will bless the Lord. You want to learn how to thrive when you're surviving? You keep blessing the Lord. You keep on keeping on. David here, or the psalmist, I don't know if this is the... Well, it says it's a psalm of David. I I want to give you a key on how to survive... When, you're, when you think you should be thriving. Can I give you a key? I'm not going to have 28 keys but i got just a couple thoughts this morning. But how do you survive when it's actually you're thriving? Verse 8. I have set the Lord continually before me. Well, I'm going through a divorce. I have set The Lord continually before me. Well, I just lost my job. I have set the Lord continually before me well you don't understand i've got relationship issues i have set the lord continually before me this is a mindset and a key that the psalmist has that no matter what happened and the stress and the way he his anxiety god preserved me he said but in this all i have set the lord continually before me don't just have god as a happenstance have him as the anchor to your life And the psalmist is saying, I have found something. I want to explain to you a key to thriving when you think others are saying you're only surviving. You might think you're only surviving, but I would suggest to you, you are thriving when you set the Lord continually before you. What's that song? I never promised you a rose garden. Oh, be careful though, Shirley. I don't want you to relive some of your youth. (laughs) But sometimes we think everything's going to be a rose garden, but sometimes we get the manure. (laughs) And what I found is actually, I've I've been working in a garden. What I found, the garden grows best when you give it manure. You want to see a good garden grow? Give it manure. Manure. Some of you might have other words to use, but I'll use the word manure. And in those moments, with manure, I have set the Lord continually before me. I don't care if you're 10, 12, 18, 25, 65, or 95, continually set the Lord before you. And the psalmist here is saying I have found that no matter what's happening around me he says I have set the Lord continually before me and because he's at my right hand I will not be shaken Amen. I've been shaken Amen. Amen. Another song there's a whole lot of shaking going on I I I've been shaken But there's some things in my life that have not been shaken. And some of the things that have shaken need to be shaken to get rid of. But what I have found myself is I have determined, I'm being honest with you, I have determined that I will set the Lord continually before me. That is a decision that's not always easy to make. Can we just be honest? There there are days when it's like, I'd rather barter this away. I'd rather negotiate. I'd rather subject myself to a lesser thing and have a moment of joy than deal with this. But what I have found when I deal with this, I don't have the pain and the sorrow that accompanies the bartering. And I'm here to tell you today, a key to success in thriving when you think you're only surviving is setting the Lord continually before your face. I mean, I've got a one-note sermon today. Continually set the Lord before your face. What's my note today? What's my one takeaway When you leave today, look at somebody. Continually set the Lord before your face. That's biblical. It says to encourage each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. We're going to encourage each other with a psalm today. Psalm 16. Continually set the Lord before your face. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. Set the Lord continually before your face. And then he continues, and because of that, he's at my right hand. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul, or my glory, my spirit rejoices. The Lord replies to that by saying, you will make known to me the path of life. As we set the Lord continually before us, the psalmist continues and says, you will make known to me the path of your life, of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. His presence isn't just in heaven. His presence is with you right now. And in the middle of the stress and in the middle of the chaos and in the middle of the storm and in the middle of throwing out a life, gar- uh, life jacket or saying, God, help me, help me, help me. In the middle of the preserving, in the middle of surviving, we can say, The Lord will make known to me the path of life, and in his presence is fullness of joy. It's a paradox. Because I should be feeling like this, and there are moments when I feel like that. There are moments when there's sadness. There's moments when there's frustration, disappointment, hurt, sorrow. There are moments, but I don't stay there. Because I have set the Lord continually before my face. And I am determined that I will see him, dedicate, and be honest with him, and pursue him. And when I've done that, what I've found is I have found joy in the middle of pain. I can't describe it other than just saying it happens. And I've been shocked that, you know what, I actually felt okay today. And I've had tears. And then after I've had tears, I've had laughter. And David here, the psalmist is saying, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God is not an angry God. He's a good God. Almighty. Amen? My kids get that. We were talking about a little joke about a song. But he's good and he's God. And he's almighty. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And the, way, the takeaway is continually set your face towards God. You might get battered. You might fall down. Get up again. And say, no, know I'm this... I might get pushed around, but this is my battle position. I might get moved around, I might get hit by the storm, but no, this is my battle position. Amen. you receive that this morning? I'd like to read one other thing over you this morning. When you leave today... Tell someone continually keep the Lord before you. Amen. In closing, if you can close your eyes, bow your heads, fold your hands, put away your phones. I'm trying to be funny. My sense of humor is really highly in tune this morning. But I'd like to speak some words over you. What I want to do is I want to put God's blessing on you. Almost like a detectable um, radon that God looks at, and all of a sudden the, the beeper goes off and goes, there's a blessing there. The Saul, uh, the, Aaron's benediction in Numbers 6. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. And give you peace. And as a representative of the king. I am invoking his name on you. And I am placing blessing on you so that when he looks at you, he sees the blessing that Jesus has provided for, and he sees it, and you will be blessed this week in a greater measure than you've ever experienced before. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And tell somebody before you leave this building to set the Lord continually before their face. Amen. God bless you.